What's up, 6AM runners? Everyone, how's everyone doing today? Obviously, you guys know me, Hami, CEO, founder of 6AM Run. I'm here with Ari. What's up, Ari? Hey, Hami, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How was uh, Christmas? It was good. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. Probably kind of perfect for this subject. Got a little break from work. Actually, they thankfully, and this is going to be like the weirdest thing to ever say, but my work forced me to take some time off because they don't roll over the PTO. So I had a bunch of time left over. So I got a bigger vacation than, than I was expecting, which is always a good thing. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And how the babies and the wife, everyone good? Babies and wives. Uh, babies are a little sick. Took them to a like open playground kind of thing, which is just germ central, but they had a blast. So got a little bit of colds, but we're all hanging in there. Nice, nice. And let me introduce one of our guests today does a lot in I think this space and we're going to get it's it's a big space. So I, I can't just put it in one sentence. But let's also give a warm welcome. We've got first and foremost, a 6am run customer. Second, someone that's a very big mental health advocate of the fitness world and the mental health aspect of it, Mark Paisant. So welcome aboard, Mark. I'm so excited to have you for hopefully the next hour speak, um, but I'll let you introduce yourself. How are you, Mark? I am great. Thank you for having me on this platform. My name is Mark Paisant. I am an avid runner, an avid 6am user, just big into 6am and what they're doing and what you're doing. Ami, I appreciate it. And uh, live in outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and two kids, a wife, you know, everybody kind of doing the same thing everybody else is doing right now, just trying to get through this pandemic, get through COVID keep sane, keep my family in order, keep my kids happy. So I'm just like everybody else out there, but trying to get a run in here or there while doing it. No, absolutely. And let's just dive right into it. I mean, you, one of the things that I I never forget from day one, you know, I want people to know, I try my best to like, comment and thank every post that I see someone using our product. I see someone when you take time out of your day to post about 6am run, you know, this is a baby I started not even three years ago. So I never forget your posts and your posts have a twist to it, right? Like it's not just I use it and it helps, you know, you're always posting with a little bit of a message. And, and I love that part of why I love the group. And I've said it before is it just, it pushes me and I know it pushes everyone else. You can post in the group that you ran a 30 minute. I'm not even kidding when I say this, if someone right now goes in the group and posts, I ran a 30 minute mile, they'll get like 50 likes and 50 congratulations. Like that's an amazing community we've built. So with that being said, Mark, tell me what your thoughts are and how you feel like that helps. And especially now more than ever, like why is something like that so important right now? So, and I remember exactly what you're talking about. And I think 6 a.m., I think the group is kind of a, a perfect microcosm of the running community as a whole. Like runners support other runners. It's amazing how that happens. Like I could go out and do some wild 360 dunk and I'd have half the people liking it and half the people telling me, well, no, nah, that was like 280. That wasn't 360. That was a travel. Like, hey, yeah, as a travel. Like, is it so? But runners, there's something innate about runners that we understand something that is so simple can be so hard. Something so simple can be so hard to start. And I remember one of the first times, and I, I can't even tell you if it was a Facebook, IG, I don't know where I saw 6am, but I was just looking for something that one was natural and two would assist me with my runs. And I was used, I was going to the big consumer stores and buying random 
products to use to pre-workouts to use. And I was getting, yeah. And I was getting these terrible headaches. I was regurgitating this nasty stuff on my run and I was getting these shakes like right before my run. And I was like, I can't listen. I'm just not going to do this anymore. And when 6am came around, I was like, you know what, let me just try this. And one of the first posts I put on was, I remember I would go to a trail about five minutes from my house and run for, you know, before work, 30 or 45 minutes. I usually try to keep it between 5K to five miles. That's what I usually try to run. And the first day after trying 6am or trying it that day, I ran nine miles (laughs) and I did, and I didn't want to stop. Like I did not want to stop. And I was like, this can't be right. Like this, this has to be something crazy. And I was like, and I had to post about it. Like I literally had to post about it. I'm like, I heard your story. I heard what you wanted to do. And I was like, let me get this out to at least some of the people that follow me. And I had people texting me immediately after I posted that, like, Mark, does this really work? I'm like, yes, like this, try it. Like literally try it. Because running for me is, it's more than just running. I tell people all the time that part of running kind of saved my life. I was, you know, I was an athlete throughout my career. I played college soccer at Clemson. I played high school in Atlanta and basketball, soccer and basketball. And I was always at the top of my game. I was all state, all region, state champion, ACC champion, all that stuff. And once I stopped playing sports, I lost something. I lost a part of me. And I ended up gaining about 100 pounds between 22 years old and 29 years old. And so can I, can I, can I stop you right there too? Sure. Yeah. I think what people don't understand, and, and this is what I want to, I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to keep going. So hold your thought. But here's what I want people to understand and what I've discovered in my thing. You don't even just miss the sport. Right. Like I tell my daughter right now, my daughter's a freshman in high school and she's already getting, you know, like D1 looks. Right. Mm. But I tell my daughter, I say, listen, that's all great, but enjoy the bus ride. When it, when you make fun of a kid, as crazy as it sounds, enjoy that, right? And when enjoy you, it, yes. Like it's, I don't think people understand it's a sisterhood, a brotherhood, a team. I don't think people understand you don't necessarily miss the sport as much as you just a social, a major social part of your life is gone. Right. And you know, some of my closest friends now in my 40s are my teammates right. from high school and college. And when that went away. And I didn't know this at the time, because again, remember, you right. know, 21, 22 years old, you literally think I am on the top of the mountain. I'm awesome. I'm nothing can affect me. Like I'm great. And I didn't realize at the time I'm losing a big chunk of my life, losing mm-hmm. a big chunk of my life. And something just told me something. My dad used to be a recreational runner and I always just like the a lot of the aspects of running. I always was, and this is this might sound weird, but runners will understand. I always liked how running shoes looked. I liked how running shorts looked. I like the tanks. I just like I like the sleeves. Like everything, just kind of the running hats, the met. Like it just, I like the aesthetic of it. And one fateful day after work, I just said, you know what? Just throw on some shoes and go for a run. Whatever, just go for a run. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. That half a mile was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like I'm six foot five and I was probably right at around 320 to 325 at that point in my life. And I told myself, just run. I, I lived in an apartment complex and there was a stop sign about half a mile down the road. I was like, you know what? Just, just run to that stop sign. Just run to it. <laughs> 
I got to that stop sign and I hunched over like I had just ran a marathon. Like I was <laughs> breathing and I'm sure people thought I was dying. I'm sure people did. And I remember walking back home that half a mile and thinking, what happened? Like what happened? You used to be a guy who would run every day for soccer practice. You do sprints for basketball. You used to play three games a day in camps and tournaments. Like what happened to you? And that's the first part of my journey because I was really mean to myself. I was really mean to myself, you know, physically, mentally, I beat myself up. And finally, I just started setting goals, started setting goals. And I said, hey, make it to that stop sign and back. Yep. So that's a mile. Within a week, I was doing that. I was like, all right, okay. Tell you what, we're not even going to focus on time or speed. Just make it to the stop sign go past your apartment to this stop sign and come back. And after about a month, month and a half, I was up to two and a half miles. Then I was up to three miles. And then I noticed I've lost 15 pounds. I've lost 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that was just the physical part of my running journey. Like there's so much more to it. And, you know, any runners listening know, like you could be dead tired and say, if I don't get this run in today, I still need to do it for my mental health, my spiritual health. I need to do it for it. This is the only time of the day I get me time. And running means so much. Like I cannot overemphasize the fact of how much running means to me and how much 6am has literally helped me with that because, and not to get off the subject, but when we first talked, I told you, man, I got to order some more 6am. I was late to it. And I ran out and it's coming in today. Thank God. I went on my first run without 6 a.m. like a week ago and I got to three miles in. I'm like, I'm dead tired. Like what is <laughs> it? <laughs> so I will tell you this, your product works. I know we're not here to like sell it, but I'm going to sell it. Like it's a great <laughs> product. Like it's really good. I think Mark, you hit so many good points on there. And just one thing I want to, yeah. I mean, like this morning I was right there with you. You know, I, I try to fit in my runs whenever I can. It's the same thing. You know, I, I've been doing a little bit more actually like strength training too. So I'm hitting the gym, but you know, I want to make sure I get some runs in, in there as well. And, you know, so I went in, did some lifting, did like just a quick two mile run, you know, just to get my blood pumping. And man, when I got out of the door of the gym, like literally it was a light switch. Like I just felt lighter on my feet, you know, nothing changed. It was still dark out. I, I still had to go home and do eight hours of work, but, you know, and I think that's what you kind of got to is like why runners support each other so much is no matter your effort, no matter your background, you know, we all go through the same thing. We've all gone through that first half mile. We've all gone through that, you know, to the lights, you know, to the light posts and back. And like, and that's why we cheer, you know, not everyone goes through the D1 scholarships or the D1 schools, you know, or those kind of things. And I think that's what makes that so unique is everyone's got a unique story, but it's all based, you know, in the same kind of like checkpoints and milestones and you know yeah it's competitive but it's like friendly competition you know you, you, especially when you get to races you know everyone everyone's gonna win everyone's happy you're happy for each other and, and you're like hey man that guy ran 13 miles i ran 13 miles 26 you know for homie over here you know but everyone's you know really happy to just go through that together i just no, want to say I, this one thing real quick because i think he was in my my head because i did the exact same thing this morning because I've, I've started doing weight training and after my session I was like, let me jump on the treadmill. And I got my two miles in and it was the best thing I could have done. <laughs> Today was awesome. I know exactly how you feel. 
So it's it's and it's funny, like obviously now more than ever, and and rest in peace, Kobe. Obviously, I'm a I'm a basketball guy too. I mean, it's I think what people don't understand, right? I've been fortunate to be on really good teams and not at any professional level, but at high school and in collegiate to win conferences. And and Mark, you might know, and you're even more of a power conference than I was, but for <laughs> University of Delaware and stuff like that. But like it's not the winning because after winning, what is there, right? Like, even if you say like my team won, I think, and Kobe says it, it's the journey. It's the work. That's the hard part, right? That's the cherishable, if that's the word part, Mm -hmm. right? After you win, there's definitely now what, right? Like I ran my marathon as amazing as that was, I got to that finish line and everyone was so nice by the way, but it was like, don't get me wrong, elated, right? But it was, I was as crazy as this sounds, I was in a better hype mood doing those 26 miles than I was when it was finished. But don't get me wrong, that finished feeling, and then I want to kind of, and Mark, I want you to talk on this. It's better to have that feeling too. And and here's the way I I talk to my daughter and I talk to my family. Every morning I wake up, you think I want to fucking run? (laughs) Like, do do I want to do it? No, but guess what? The easy, I'm not going to do it option is there. But then like, Ari, you just said it. It's the feeling of after that you're after. You're not running for your health so much. I know you, I know this sounds crazy to say. It's that feeling of, yo, I, I did that shit. Right. It's putting right? in the work. Right. It's putting in the work. For Christmas, for example, I told myself, look, Christmas morning, my kids are getting up at six. So there's no running. It was, but look, homie, earn your fucking Christmas. Christmas Eve, go twice as hard, right? It's that. And I think that's that kind of, it's the work, right? And my wife says, I get hangry if I don't run. No, it's just that I feel like shit. And I know the political police might get mad at me, but I feel like a lazy piece of shit if I don't run. Yeah. No, it's you're totally on it. And, and like, I just have kind of like the quick two points. Like my wife's the same way. I mean, my wife's a huge motivator for me. She was always the active one, you know, high school swim varsity, high school track varsity, cross country, all of that. She's the one who pushed me into, into running and, and I thank her every day for it. But, you know, she's the same. I mean, there's there's such a different mood between both of us if we don't get that workout in or, or we get that run in. And it's that consistency, you know, like you guys talking about collegiate and semi-pro, whatever you want to call it. But even like, you know, how many were you, before you started 6am run and, and even where I'm at now at like kind of that rec league, league level, there's still that little bit of you that that wants to do well. Like, you know, I'm, I'm on a rec hockey league team. It's all fun and games, you know, like we have beer in the locker rooms, we have beer afterwards. If we could get away with it, we'd probably have beer on the bench. <laughs> um, and I'll be the first one to admit, like, I am not the top person on that team. I got lucky and got maybe two points this season. You know, I'm, I'm a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I'm a body on the ice. You know, I love being there. I love playing. And we moved up a division last season, I think, or two seasons ago. Awesome. And it was a, yeah, you know, like Tommy said, we won the championship. I think we've won like two or three championships in, in the division below. We were ready to move up. You know, so what's next? Now you move up. Now you're going against harder people. And the talent was there. You know, like we got our asses handed to us the first season. And it just made you want to work harder. And it was going back into the gym. It was going in and running faster. It was, you know, doing a leg press. It was doing that motion to say like, hey, I'm going to show myself that I can improve, that I belong here, you know, with these guys and with these other teams and things. And and I think that's where running gets into it. It's it's, sure, anyone can go out and, and, you know, run a half marathon. Anyone can go out and, you know, do it. It's that, what are you going to do and prove to yourself that 
I'm going to take these steps to continue doing it, to do two half marathons, to do, you know, a faster time, you know, stuff like that. There were so many good points that both of you brought up. (laughs) And I want to hit on one. And when we talk about kind of the end result, I also coach... Uh, basketball. And apparently I have to coach my daughter's soccer team next, which is fine. It was going to happen. So I, when I lived in Virginia and Maryland, I got to not only coach travel basketball, but I was commissioner. So I got to talk to the coaches, pick coaches, basically help them out. And one of the things I would, I would never call it advice. I would say, listen, I'm going to, I'm basically going to say this out loud, take it how you want. You know what you're doing, but I rarely talked about the end outcome of something. I rarely talked about wins and losses. I rarely talked about our end record because I really didn't care if my team was winning if we weren't doing things the right way. If I wasn't teaching, if I wasn't making a player better for the next coach. I truly believe until you make it to the NBA, until you make it to any professional sport, your job as a coach is to make your player better for the next coach. That's what your job is. And I would tell coaches this, I'm like, you know, you bring up wins and losses all you want. You do that. But all a win or loss is, is the byproduct of what you did, the practices before, what you've done the season before, how hard you have worked when other... I think, you know, Kobe has said it. Many people have said it is like, the hard work is about what you do when people aren't looking at you. That's what it's about. And again, we'll roll back into running. No one is watching me when I'm running. No one is next to me for five to seven miles. No one is next to me for that 5K, that 10K that I'm doing on a Saturday afternoon. No one's watching me put that work in. But I know internally that I have a goal. I set a goal. I put my running app at seven miles and I do that for a reason. I don't do always run seven miles. No, absolutely not. My goal is to run five miles. But I tell myself half of seven is three and a half miles. So that puts me over a 5K. So if I do half of my seven, I've already run further than a 5K. That makes me happy. I get to my five, that makes me feel amazing. If I'm feeling really good at my five, or if I took a wrong turn and didn't get back to my house and I get to that seven, I'm like, this is amazing. So I think every runner knows we play mind tricks all the time with ourselves. We say, oh, get to that pole we see in the distance. And we get to the pole and like, oh, well, not, not this one. I meant the next. Like we play these mind games and I do it because our competition is ourselves. Unlike team sports, unlike one-on-one sports like tennis, our competition is ourselves. Like none of us on this call, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, are qualified for the Olympics. Like none of us did that. Like we're not about to go represent our country in <laughs> not Olympics. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Very good point. But when I ran, you know, unfortunately I had, you know, a navicular fracture in my foot. So once I get to like 12, 13, 14 miles, my foot's like, no, you can't stop it. Like just stop what you're doing. So I can do half marathons and I've done a couple of them. And I remember working so hard to make it to 10 miles. I remember the first time I ran 10 miles and I was kind of like, Ami, we're okay. I got to 10, like what's next? Like, (laughs) okay, I did it. Like my legs are sore, but all right. So like now it's just like I ran a half marathon and this is what I did to kind of counteract that. And I I really did this because I signed up for two at the same time, two weeks apart. Oh, wow. So I ran one and I finished with it. And I was really, it was in DC, it was Washington, DC. It was the Navy Air Force half marathon. 
it was packed. Like I didn't, people told me it was going to be packed, but it was packed to the point where I couldn't set a PR if I wanted to. Like it was, I couldn't get around people. The run itself. Wow. The run itself. And I actually ran slower than I did in my practices. And I'm like, okay, all right, now I got my next challenge. Now I got my next challenge. And then I ran a, the Woodrow Wilson bridge half marathon, which was more spread out on the Woodrow Wilson parkway. And I made sure that once I got my opening, I, at the first three miles, I was running the same pace. And I finally saw an opening where people weren't around me. And I said, all right, let's do it. And I ran, I think it was something like nine minutes faster. I killed it. I killed it. And at that point, once I finished that one, I don't know why it took two. It took two. But I was like, all right, now I feel good. Like the first one didn't do it. Like, I don't know what that was about, but that, I mean, and again, you know, I focus a lot on the mental aspect of the things I do. Like I believe physical and mental health are one and the same. I really believe people really like there's a TikTok going around or something going around where people are talking about just lift more to hide your feelings and your muscles. Oh yeah. There is a lot of truth said in jest. There really is a lot of truth said in jest. And for men and women, like we will go to the extremes to hide our feelings, to make sure people don't know when we're sad, when we feel frustrated, when we feel depleted, when we feel like nothing is going right in our lives. And we'll just go to the gym and max out on everything. And you may go to the gym and you may max out, but at the end of the day, you leave that gym, you still have those same feelings. They haven't gone away. So what I, you know, what I try to focus on is if there's something bothering me in my life, I run for that purpose. I don't run to go away. I don't run to clear my mind. Like I know people do that. Oh, I got to clear my, no, I run to focus on what I need to work on. If it's a work-related thing, if it's a relationship-related thing, if it's something that's happening in my family, whatever it is, I think about it on that run because I have such a clear head. And then it's amazing. Once I get back to my house or wherever I started, I have such a better understanding of my mental work that needs to be done that I can finally articulate how I feel or finally talk to the person I need to talk to or finally get things done, do my affirmations. So I think a lot of people see running as like running away from whatever they need to work on. I use it for the exact opposite. I use it as running towards that issue. So a funny story, and I hope, luckily my daughter doesn't think that's cool. So I don't think she'll be listening to this. <laughs> but I want to say a funny story to that. For Layla, for example, there's a situation just happened this past fall or summer where Layla, my daughter, gets pulled, right? Yo, coaches, and you guys both know this, have, you know, there's a thing about a 24-hour rule. But I left that game. I was like, yo, that motherfucker pulled my daughter. As soon as 24 hours are up, I'm going to call him. He's got, I'm going to let this coach have it, right? Like, I literally walked out of that gym planning the phone call in 24 hours, how I was going to light this coach up for benching my kid, right? Or for how he coached my kid. The funniest thing, right? I got home. I'm amped, right? I'm pissed. I'm mad. And I just was like, it was summertime. So, you know, it's, it's lighter. We're all East Coast. It's lighter till like 9 p.m. We get home. It's like 6 p.m. I'm so amped up and angry. And I'm like waiting for that 24 hours because I'm like nine in the morning tomorrow. I can text that guy and I'm letting him have it. Right. Yeah, I go for a run three miles. I was like, I'm just going to do three miles. That's for me. That's light. Right. Usually if I'm doing outdoors, I like to go six. Mm -hmm. 
it's so crazy that on that run, you play everything back to Mark's point. You go through the game again and I get to play it back. And I'm like, all right, he did that. What led to that? And then you would go play. It's like, I don't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I really can't just stop thinking about everything. My brain doesn't work that way. But like the one hour of just running, it was like, I got back home. I didn't even email the coach or talk to him about it. I went to Layla. I was like, are you pissed? She was like, yeah. I was like, well, then you got to fix it. It's that was some of the best advice for that for your daughter. You just did. Yeah, that. for sure. But it's it's funny that you guys both mentioned, you know, that you, you guys take the time to run and focus on it. I'm the exact opposite. I take the time running is, you know, to use your example, Mark, it, it, it's my escape, mm-hmm. but it's my escape from, I'm kind of like this weird blend of you guys. Like I'm with you, Hami. My brain couldn't shut off if I tried, you know, except when I run, I put an audio book on. It's usually something kind of weird, you know, like Stephen King or, or, you know, something like that. That's not a lot of depth to it where I can just zone out and just, you know, listen to this thing go on. And if I miss something, cause my brain's going, you know, I miss something but it's that reset button for me. So like Mark, where you're thinking about it and using running to, you know, kind of figure out what you want to say and articulate and everything for me, running's that time to kind of reset, get away from overthinking. Cause, cause that's what I do. I'll overthink. I'll think every scenario, you know, in my head and play out, okay, I need to do this. And, and then I'll do this and go through all the steps. Now let's take a break. Let's, you know, reset. And then I right. come back with such a clear head. And, and it's interesting that, you know, we both come or all three of us come from these like, three different sides of it, but we've all got running involved. Running helps us no matter where, you know, it's, it's that, that mental, like you said, it's not just, Oh, I'm going to get stronger and faster and run, you know, a five minute mile. It's, you know, no, I'm going to do this and it's going to help improve my mood. It's going to help improve, you know, my, my work life, my, my balance, you know, everything like that. Yeah. You know, and the one thing that, and you mentioned this early about the unique aspect of running is that it's really different for everybody. Like at no point did any of us say, well, don't do it like this. You got to do it this way. We just talked about like how we utilize running. Like, and I think, you know, I don't want to get political or philosophical or anything like that. There's a lot of people telling other people like what's right and what's wrong. Who's right and who's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to do it like this. If it works for you, great. Awesome. And that's why I try to tell people like, I have so many people in my life that, and it even hurts me to say this, that hate running. I hope I didn't say that too loud. Like, I hope people don't hear that, that literally hate running. My trainer at the gym, like, is allergic to running. Like, my wife ran cross-country in high school because she was forced to by her basketball coach. So now she hates running, you know? But I just, I don't understand what I don't know. Like, for someone to tell me that they hate running, like, all I can do is try to empathize. That's all I can do. All I can do is I'm not going to force any, like I'll ask people all the time. You want to go out for a run for me? I'll be honest with you. I don't talk on my runs. Like I can't do that. Like it's very hard for me to talk and run at the same time. And when I see groups of people out, I'm just going to say it right now. When I'm at a different city and I see like five guys or five ladies running and they're like talking to each other while running, like I get winded looking at them <laughs> doing that. That's, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. I, but, I, I, yeah. Well, same. I don't mind running with people. Um, one, I get nervous that either I got to keep up with them or they got to keep up with right, me. Yes. I don't like that. And then second, I can talk to you maybe like the first five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But once we get to the second mile or so, like, I just feel like talking is wasted energy, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I'll say, 
you know, it's funny. I'm a basketball, I'm a soccer person as well, Mark and Aria, hockey. I love sports. I do love sports. It's funny. One of the sports that as I've gotten older and, you know, founded this business and become a businessman, people want to talk during something competitive. And what I'm finding is more people invite me to golf things, right? Because that's a sport, quote unquote, where you can also have conversation. I am not a golfer, so I don't want to go out there and embarrass myself. Um, especially on a business deal. So I, uh, I definitely need to learn that. But I'm like, there's things you can do to talk during. And I don't think running is one of them for me anyway. You're getting your cadence, especially two miles in, you're in your cadence. Like, you know how you're like, usually I try to breathe out on four, breathe in on four, breathe out on four. And like, if someone wants to talk to me, like I can't keep my cadence yeah. and it it ruins like, it just ruins every. I feel like I haven't gotten anything out of it. I get to the end of it. And I'm like, I got to do another run. I got to do right, another yeah. run. It's terrible. So. No, no. Listen, it's the mental. And I want to go back to the success of what you were talking about, Mark. The success, you've probably heard this on my podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's no successful fat out of shape CEO. It just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're Adonis's, right? Mm-hmm. You, but you look at your Tim Cook, your Elon Musk. I just saw a picture of Jeff Bezos in St. Bars vacationing. The dude is jacked. Like, It's just, you cannot, I think, be successful in your professional life. And then, you know, I also will say too, personally, I don't know, you know, I'll I'll share a little bit about myself when college ended and, you know, in college after soccer, but my last few years in college, we did a bunch of like intramural sports and rec league sports in college. And anyone that's not like a D1 athlete, you get to do those things, right? Mm. And those things were fun. And when all that ended and college ends, and I never forget you go to your nine to five job, your first nine to five job. I was like, I want to say I was like a prick too. Like I was moody. I'd go in these meetings thinking I know everything. And I wasn't like, it's just, I think you need to get aggression. You need to get, you know, there's so much that, and Mark, that's why I want you to maybe, you know, kind of your thoughts on this and your expertise and, and having two kids and going through this, you know, in the same situation. I just think you're just an overall better person when you do something positive physically first. Well, I think, so you bring up a, a few good points. And the first is, I, I think I'm glad that we finally, I don't want to say we've completely moved away from it, but we're moving away from work having to totally envelop your life. Like we're moving away. Like, don't get me wrong. I believe there are people in this world who are just built differently than me that they can be married to their job. They find the right spouse who understands that life. You see a lot with professional coaches. You see a lot with even college coaches. You see a lot... Like those people are built to just be encapsulated by their profession. You know, I used to watch my soccer coach at Clemson, rest in peace, Trevor Dare, but I used to see how much time he spent recruiting, how much time he spent X's and O's, how much time he spent on film. And I always told myself, like, I always wanted to be a coach, but I also said, like, I can't do that. And it's not, can't is not in the sense of like a negative can't. Can't is in the sense of knowing my limitations. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to tell you right now, like, I'm going to be a NASA astronaut in a year. Like, no, I know I can't. Like, I just, I can't do it. And there's nothing wrong with knowing your limitations. And I always tell people this, and I actually just had this discussion with a friend probably a week or so ago. And I said, you know, and I, I say this all the time. I said, think about everything that's important in your life. Think about 
your family. Think about your relationship or your marriage. Think about your job. Think about your bills, your finance. Think about everything. Name seven to 10 things that are important in your life right now. What is the common denominator in all of those things? And it's you. It's like people are, I understand what it means to be self-sacrificing. I understand, you know, I was born a Catholic, so don't get, I know the Catholic guilt. Like I understand, (laughs) I understand that. But at a certain point, things change for me. And this has taken therapy. It's taken multiple years of therapy, over a decade of therapy. And I'm, I totally am cool with saying I go to therapy. I have a therapy appointment this Friday. I go every week, but I got to a point where I finally had to realize that I was as important as anything else in my life. So when I take the time out of my day to go for a 45-minute run, that's not me being selfish with my time. That's me saying, I want to be around to play with my kids. I want to be able to take care of my wife. I want to be able to have my job so I can pay for you know my car and my house. Like That's not me being selfish. That's me saying... I understand what is important to me and those around me, and I'm included in that. So I think what a lot of people don't understand or are starting to understand, I really love this younger generation. I really love people knowing their self-worth early in life. You know, we talk a lot about millennials and how they were brought up and they were told to be the center of the universe. And and it's gonna, it always evens out. It always evens out. And it's weird that we have generations, but we have boomers who basically got married to their jobs and stayed in terrible jobs for the longest time and companies got rich off of them. And now we're kind of seeing the opposite side of it. We're kind of seeing people who know their self-worth and know that they can take time for themselves. Like I never saw my dad taking a mental health day. But I can tell you right now, he needed a lot of them. I can tell you right now, he needed a lot of them. My mother, rest in peace, was the hardest working woman I've ever met in my life. Like she would do anything. And I never saw her do anything for herself until she started her weight loss journey and her fitness journey. And then she would leave the house for an hour a day and go on. And I would go on those walks with her. So I think when we still have this stigma around mental health. Like no one wants to say out loud, I have depression. No one wants to say out loud, I have high functioning anxiety. I can tell you right now, I have both of those things, not at the current moment, but those are things I have to live with. I have ups and downs all the time. Have I been on medication? Yes, I have. I'm not right now, but I tell you what, what I've done is the moment I realized that no one is gonna take care of me as well as I can take care of myself. Yeah. Then like a light bulb went off, a freaking light bulb went off. It was crazy. And because at the end of my weight loss journey, because I I lost those pounds back at the end of it, I still had those same mental health issues that I did at the beginning of it. And I was shook. I'll be honest with you. I was shook. I'm like, hold on a second. Like I have body image issues. Like I just got my body where I want it to be. Why do I still feel this way? So can I say something to that? A life lesson I learned at about 10 years old, right? And Mark, you'll relate to this. I never forget brand new Air Jordans came out, right? And I, one of the things I was known for in school was like, Tommy's always going to have the new ones, right? But I never forget like one day and I was so hyped, pair Air Jordans came out. I went to school and I'm like, yo, everyone's going to be like, that's the shit, Tommy, great. Like, Nobody did that, right? And let me finish where I'm going with this. I never forget coming home. My dad was never one to be like, how was your day? And that was more my mom, right? But my dad was like, what's up? You, you okay? How was your day? And I was like, yo, I don't get it. Like, 
I got the new Jordans and I got to school and dad, no one gave a shit. Mm. And I never forget. He told me, he's like, you have to understand your happiness isn't other people's happiness. He's like, no one's going to be happy. You got something generally, you know what I mean? And it was like, and I'm an only child. So unfortunately, and, and I say this, I hate that I was a little spoiled, but at the same time, that was a great lesson in life for me not to go flash my things. I'm not the person because of that day. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm not the person that's going to flash a new car in front of someone. I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I try since that day, don't get me wrong. I, I might tell someone I did something or I got something for myself. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm Mr. Perfect by any means, but to your point, you have to understand what makes you happy and you have to stop doing things to make other people happy as well. Like from now on, every time I shop, I'm like, am I buying this shirt because I want to impress someone else? Or do I genuinely want that shirt because I'm going to wear it? It's comfortable. You know what I mean? And and Mark, you even said this earlier, you liked running. Listen, I'm all about, as you just said, MJ, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson. Listen, like I live by, if you look good, you play good. Like I, I live by that motto, but I learned to do that for myself and not brag about it to other people. Right. Does that make sense? Right. It, go ahead. It, I, I want you to finish because I think that's very important. I think you got to find out what makes you happy, not what makes everyone else happy. Right. And it's funny. It's like, and the money you spend is different. I, I'm going to go back to it, but it's like, once you start spending on running shoes like <laughs> the way they look really doesn't like i have flat feet so i have to buy a specific type of running shoe and i learned that the hard way thus my my fracture in my foot and two surgeries but i learned that the money is going to get spent like that's the thing but the money like we live in a capitalist society i need to buy stuff to i understand the money's going to get spent but you're right like once you get out like the first few running shoes i bought i'll be honest with you they were the flashiest they were the like bright. I'm, I like bright colors. They were bright orange. I had one that was like sea foam. I don't know. It was crazy. And like now you look, I think, I don't know where running shoes are, but they're like dark gray. And but they, <laughs> but they have arch support and they're so nice to run in. Like, and I buy the same shoes over and over and over again. But getting back to my point, you know, I remember just it clicking in my head that. I have to, when I got to that point where I lost the weight and I was in really good shape, I think I was down to 230 something and from 320, it was crazy. And and I'm like, I still feel this way. Like something is going on. And I wasn't connecting the two. I wasn't connecting my physical health with my mental health. I was literally saying, okay, I'm going to, my physical health is going to go up and I'm just going to forget about the mental, like all this stuff is going to go away. Like it's just going to go. I wasn't treating my brain and my feelings like they were attached to my body. Like they are me. And I really want people to see that. That's what I do. And, you know, I haven't mentioned yet, but in the podcast that I run, you know, relatively normal, like that's that's what I talk about. I talk about it's not from a psychologist's point of view, not from a psychiatric point of view, it's not from a doctor's point of view, it's from Mark Paisant's point of view. I bring on doctors, I bring on psychologists, and they talk about it. But I know these thoughts aren't my own. I know other people think this way because I've talked to them. I've had conversations. After the first episode I did, I had so many men reach out to me and say, you're saying what I'm thinking. Like you're saying what I'm thinking. Like, And I try to get, if we can get as specific as, as we want, like everybody in the world, and I, I say this goes through some type of mental, like there's nobody in the world that has not been stressed. Like there's somebody in this world, that's mental health. How we cope with it makes us different. And then you get down to it, you put specifically men into that. And as we are all men on this call, 
I don't know about you guys. I never had that conversation with my parents about how I express my feelings. Like I never had that. That was for my sister. That was for women. That was for the guidance counselors at my schools are all women. And then you get to, and I'm an African-American man, you get to black men, it's even more specific. And I, I grew up in a black household. Like we don't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. It's just how it is. And if you're a man, and I want to get specific to men, because again, I'm not discriminating. I'm not talking to women, but I'm not a woman. So I can't speak for you. But if you're a man, talk to other men. Like the game was great. I understand the game was great. I understand your stocks are doing well or bad. I don't know. But hey, you know what? You ever sat down and just say, tell another guy how you feel? You ever do that? You ever, or you try to mask your emotions? You try to hide them and like, and it's so weird for some dudes to listen to me saying this and actually think to themselves, I'm not going to go to John and tell him about, I I feel depressed. I'm not going to go to Phil and tell him how I'm anxious about this interview I got coming up. Why not? Right. Honestly, why not? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I'm right there with you, Mike. I mean, so, you know, same thing, you know, high functioning anxiety. I went to therapy as well, like to get, you know, specific to me. I was getting ready to get married to my wife. I had all the jitters in the world. You know, we were talking about getting starting a family and I was, you know, just sweating bullets. I, yeah. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means to be a dad. You know, am I having the right thoughts? Is this the right thing? And, and it took therapy. You're exactly right. And like, once you got in there and, and it was as simple as the therapist being like, yeah, pretty much everyone has that. You're normal. Yeah. You know, exactly. exactly what you're thinking. And you're like, oh, wow. And then you kind of explored that. And like, you know, it, to your point, I think it, it is good that guys are are starting to open up and are starting mm-hmm. to be, you know, like I admit I went to therapy. I started taking Lexapro, which I take mm-hmm. now, which, you know, helps out for what I need. And it took like that conversation of being comfortable enough to mention it to my parents, getting right. through that mm-hmm. breakthrough of saying like, yeah, you know, I went to therapy, they diagnosed me, you know, they said this, they offered me this, prescribed me this. And, you know, my mom's like, oh yeah, I take that. Two weeks later, my brother, oh yeah, I take that. So I got, I got a whole family who, you know, that's something we share in common now. And it's just that it's, it's being comfortable. And, you know, it's great to see that to your point, like my dad, same thing. I mean, he's, he's married to his job. When you guys are mentioning, like, mm-hmm. we always joke, but like my dad, if, if he had his way, he would get buried at his work. He, right. he works in the grocery stores. He's a salesman. He'd get buried in the frozen food aisle <laughs> on display so everyone could see him and say hi to him one last time. You know, and, and that's him. And he's great dad. He's always been. He always put forward everything he could for us. But on the opposite, I left my last job because it was running me to the bones. And I, I needed that separation. I needed that work-life balance of I'm going to quit at five. I'm going to go and be with my family, you know, from five on. That's my time work, you know, goes away. And somewhere in the middle, I'm going to throw a run in there and, and right. you know, work on that mental health as well. I do want to say this real quick. And it's funny that your therapist mentioned that you were normal. <laughs> That's where the name of my show came from, Relatively Normal. I had the same conversation. And <laughs> I told my therapist, I was one just was day, I was... School. I was down. I was just down. I was just at a bad place in my life. And the therapist finally asked me, like, what do you, like, what do you want? What do you really want? And I was like, I just want to be normal like everybody else. And he was like, what do you think normal is? Like, what do you perceive it as? And we went through this whole thing. And he's like, this is your normal. Everybody has their normal. Everybody has these thoughts. It's just how we cope with it. It's like, you are relatively normal. And I was like, That blew my freaking mind. Like that blew my mind. I was like, that's no, you stopped lying to me. And it's like, no, it's, it's the truth. It's really the truth. No, I think it's funny. I think you guys are bringing up a lot of points. I mean, I want to, you know, kind of let's get to that last lap here. I don't like, 
people keep this in a one hour run, but we might go over and that's fine. But let me say what's funny is, and, and I'll share this with you. So Layla's mom and I are not together. My wife and I have been together over 10 years. We've been married 10 years. We've been together 12. Layla's mom and I, you know, you talk about, Mark, you were talking about coaches and that lifestyle, right? Even before I became an entrepreneur, I, I still don't like sometimes calling myself that, but I was married to work, right? And part of why Layla's mom and I didn't get along and work together was because she wanted like couples time more. And I was like, in my mind, and I was younger at that time, I was like, you know, mid twenties, early twenties when, when I met her in my mind, I'm like, couples time doesn't make me money. That's not what I wanted at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know and exactly. I look back on it and, and my wife and I talk about this very openly now. That's not what I wanted then. Now my wife, fast forward, I'm still that guy that's married to work, right? But she has to navigate and want that as well, or also make, you know, part of going back. And I hate saying this in almost every podcast, but saying, okay, look, you got to run. You want to work nine, 10 hours a day. Well, guess what? Then I need you to run at six in the morning. I need you to go to work from seven in the morning till five, six at night. And then I need you to give me that three hours. So it's about compromise, right? You know, the coaches, I I get it. I mean, and these coaches right now that I'm seeing recruit these kids today, they're out there sending Christmas videos. Mm -hmm. Their assistant coaches are making phone calls every day to these kids. You know, NFL coaches, you see they're married to their work. So that's obviously making the coach happy, but you got to find the people you do have to, if, if you want it all, you, you sometimes have to understand you can't have it all, right? Like, I don't know that, you know, I didn't knock on wood again. I, again, I, I love my partner I found now because we have that understanding. But you really, you know, one of the things in the advice I try to give my kids, 99% of the time, don't quote unquote, fall in love now. Don't think like, you know, your life is set now. You have no idea where your life's about to take you. I think- if anything, my 20 to 30 years, right? And then my 30 to 40 years, it's like every decade has been insanely different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I have a buddy, um, not even a buddy. I don't even want to say that, but I have an old coworker slash a boss. And, you know, at 40, he decided to divorce his wife, go party. And I look back on it and I'm like, and now he's like trying to get back. And that wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I made a mistake. And it's like, you know, we're getting off on a tangent. And I think that's where having a balance of running, right? I'm not saying that running would have helped him not make those stupid decisions, right? But I'm saying like, at least it would have maybe given him a center of like making more, we go back to me wanting to yell at the coach, right? Yeah. You need a center, I feel like. And I feel like running gives you a balance, maybe because I watched all that Cobra Kai this weekend, but running (laughs) gives you like a balance right? Like you need balance in your life. And I do feel like running or some kind of hobby, even if it's work, gives you that balance. You have to find what makes you happy and use that as your balance, if that makes sense. And then the last thing I'll say about running and goals, again, going back to professional, I never forget my first job in high school and then through college was a telemarketing job. Delaware, are you guys might know in Delaware, it's all banks, right? Mm -hmm. I was calling random people, trying to get them to get credit cards. It was called rocks, right? Like goals, basically, right? We set rocks. And I never forget that I had an old manager. You'd get 100 credit card applications. He's like, all right, this month, can you get 110? You're like, done. I had this new boss come in, right? And I never forget. He was like, all right, you did 110 credit card applications last month, homie. You're the leader. Guess what? Your goal this month is 150. 
I was like, what the fuck? Man, like, dude, are you crazy? 150. He's like, all right, well, what did you normally set your goals as? I was like, like five or 10 more than a month before. He's like, and then that's doable, right? I was like, yeah. And then he's like, that's not a fucking goal. If it's attainable, it's not a goal. Yeah, I like that. You know what I'm saying? So that also too, and that's where I think running is awesome. Like you think about it, right? Half marathon, 13 fucking miles, full marathon, 26 miles. Well, if I told you to go out, run two miles, you probably could get that done in less than a week. If you run a half a mile every day more. Right. Right. And, you know, to focus on the first point you made, and I think you call it centering and that's a good, but I think a lot of people just need to understand that we're always bringing energy into our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like once we wake up in the morning, you're putting food in, you're, you're retaining information, you're filling up this cup and you have to have a way to get your energy out. Because yes. if you don't get it out, that's when you start getting in arguments. That's when you get frustrated. That's when you start yelling at your kids. That's when you start getting you know, anxious. That's what the energy is going to come out and it's either going to be an efficient way to get it out, or it's going to be an inefficient way. It's going to be productive or unproductive. And we've said the word running a lot, but running could be anything for anybody. It could go play a pickup game of basketball. It could be reading alone. It could be meditating. It could be mindfulness exercise. It could be all that stuff, but just like the human, I believe the human body should be looked at as a cup and you can't put anything more into a cup that is full already. You need to get that energy out. And that's why I use running. I don't use my job to get anything. Listen, my job is great. Don't get me wrong. I love people I work with, but at no point do I think I'm like, I feel like better after working. Like, (laughs) Oh man, that day of work, really that did it for me. Like, no, I use running. I use time with my family. I use making a podcast, that is my way of getting the energy out, as you said, kind of centering. So I totally agree with you. No, yeah, Ari, go ahead. I know you some... No, I, I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, yes, this is a running podcast. We're going to talk about running. We're all runners. But yeah, I mean, it's do what, you know, to kind of hit the nail on the head a, a few more times. It's, it's do what makes you happy. You know, do whatever it is that you need to do for yourself. Read, run, work out, you know, lift weights, swim, bike, a lot of physical stuff, read, do mindfulness exercise, whatever it is, you know, it's all the same kind of mantra from what we've been talking about. Yeah, no, I, this was great. Listen, I think Mark, we, um, we need to have you on more. I'm gonna say it right now too. I'd love if you, um, if you have any ideas, we have a, a good audience that's been downloading this. So Mark and Ari, you know, I get really busy. So Mark, if you wouldn't mind, I, I want to talk to you more. I'll say it on the air too. We definitely would love you to maybe, you know, do a co-hosting kind of thing, yours over here or, or vice versa. But listen, I love your message. I love that you can relate and you, me, Ari. And again, I hate repeating myself on almost every podcast, but it's like, I knew when I started this company, I just, it's funny. I had no data. I had no science. Everyone looked at me like I'm crazy. They're like, are you starting a company based on what you're going through? I was like, dude, listen, I just feel like there's going to be a few hundred people that are going through what I'm going through. And lo and behold, now, you know, again, and and we're not even where I want us to be, but lo and behold, 6am run is where it is today. So, 
you know, so for you, you know, Mark, for you to, one of the quotes I'm taking away from this is you right now saying, I want to be normal. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we are, and you wouldn't believe how normal we all are. There's yes. so many of us that are going through the same thing. So it's, it's awesome for you to put it that way. That just made me feel better too. So you guys were my therapy today for sure. So. <laughs> for everybody on in this world, we are more alike than people realize, like regardless of religion, regardless of sex, gender, age, race, whatever, political affiliation, like there's so many things that make us so alike, but we focus on the opposite things. And I just want to, first of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on this show and, and whatever you need in the future, I am definitely there for you. And I will continue, and I mean this, I will continue to let people know that 6 a.m. is literally the best running product I've used in my life. And it is great. It helps me stay focused. It helps me train longer. And I appreciate you. I'm really attracted to people who who grind. Like some people are attracted to certain physical attributes. I'm attracted to people who grind and follow their dreams. Yeah. And you are that person. So I appreciate everything that you've done. No, yeah. And even to that, you know, I want to say too, I think one of the things and part of about like last thing I want to say on that note, you bring up another good point. As I gotten older, I think what it is too is, and, and you I'm sure can attest this, Ari, you're approaching our age. Enjoy your 30s while you can. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It'll happen. But I think the other thing too, uh, and Mark, I want you to, your opinion real quick on this. I think I've had the fortunate, I haven't met a billionaire, but I've met millionaires and you'd be surprised to know they're not fucking happy. All of them. Mm -mm. No, you're absolutely right. Like Um, I've met a guy, not going to say names, had 10 cars, 10, $1 million cars, right? Had a house that he turned into a garage for his cars, for example, Right has millions in the bank and it's just lonely. Like my wife and I, after meeting this person, we were like, that guy's got no friends. Like it's sad, like all the money in the world, not one real friend. And it's tough because as humans, we like relationships. Even my wife is an introvert. Don't get me wrong. Like I am not, but my wife's introvert, but she still gets a lot of happiness and joy out of the relationships Mm -hmm. she builds. And the one thing I've learned Cause I've listened, I was that poor college student and I had a great time and I've done pretty well for myself. And I've, you know, I've made more money now than I did in college, but there's times that I just, I feel unfulfilled. And the thing about money and jobs is a lot of them don't talk back to you. A lot of them don't give you feedback. I haven't met a hundred dollar bill that talks back to me yet and says, Mark, you're doing a great job. What I have met is my close knit of friends that will give me positive feedback. They'll give me real feedback because you said it. He doesn't have any real friends. Like he could, he probably could surround himself with a hundred people right now, right now, quicker than you or I could, but they wouldn't be real friends. They would tell him what he wanted to hear. And I think once we realize, because this IG, this Facebook, this Twitter, those aren't friends. They're people who might follow your story, I hope, Hami, after this, like you would consider or you would consider me your friend because you know I follow you on Facebook and IG all that stuff. But people need to really focus on the relationships they build and not from the your dad said it perfectly. People don't care, like whatever you do for yourself, like people don't care that your happiness does not mean they're gonna be happy. Right. Like, so when we build our relationships, don't build them from the outside in. I want that person to be my friend. So I'm gonna break. No. You be the best version of yourself and you will bring those people closer to you. And if you have two close friends, guess what? 
those are great friends to have. So keep those friends. Yeah. Awesome. No, like I said, no, Mark, well, I want to let you go. And, you know, I, I don't mean to, this has been one of my favorite, you know, a lot of the podcast has been great for me. I hope anyone that's listening, this now being, I think our sixth or seventh that we're recording, you guys, I hope are seeing the growth. And I really hope a lot of people are listening to these podcasts. I know we're nowhere near a Joe Rogan yet or anything, and I don't know that <laughs> yeah. we'll ever even get there. And I, But I'm just so personally, these are hours every week that I'm growing myself. Ari, I know you get to sit in a lot of these and you love them. So, you know, I, I don't know your thoughts. But I yeah. think that we really are helping people. And that's part of what I always wanted 6am run to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, we have a product. And yes, we do need to make money to do all these things and, and to be a company in business. But I think we provide so much more than just a nutrient that helps you run better. Yeah, for sure. No, I think I think it's great to see, like you know, Mark's a great example. I think I, you know, post on her, and I'm I'm a good example. But what it, what this podcast is all about is, it's like Mark said, is like he's drawn to people that grind. I'm kind of the same way. Like I love to see small businesses succeed. Like you know, yes, I wear big clothing companies, you know, and everything like that. But like a really good example is, is you know, Six AM Run. There's a small running shoe company out of Texas that I've been following since. I don't want to say day one, but day one called Betray Running. And, and yep. I, I want them on here too, because it's the same thing. Like they're just all about it. They've got the mission. They're going for it. You know, and that's what, you know, Hami, I think what you've done and, you know, what you've been able to showcase on this is we're all from different avenues. We're all doing the, you know, that, but we've all got our own grind. We all, you know, run and like what 6 a.m. run has done for us or what the club, the group, whatever you want to call it has done, you know, besides just a great product. Like, yeah, sure. Everyone can go in and get, your big stores and get some product and it'll work. It'll give you the pump. It'll give you the, the caffeine you need to weight lift or, you know, run that half marathon, but that's it, you know, and that could be good for you. But like, we've got that other thing. We've got that outlet to say, Hey, I just did this. And, you know, yeah, it's great that you get a hundred people to, to cheer on. But at the same time, we get people coming in all the time that are like, you know, I don't know how to do this or, I'm looking for advice or, you know, I, I want to start running. I want a new watch, you know, and everyone's just like, Hey, yeah, let's talk, you know, let's, let's jump in, call me if you need me, that kind of thing. And I hope to see that expand and, and the group really, you know, get more of that local feel and people meeting up and we can have that kind of bond of like running 6am kind of everything all, all together. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, no, we'll definitely talk and Mark, we'll, we'll definitely get out to you hopefully this week. And I, uh, you know, let's get schedule a time and get on a call. And I'm so excited. Thank you both. Anything else I'm missing guys? Any last words on this podcast? The one thing I'll say is that the one thing I'm going to disagree with you, Mark, out of this whole hour is the gray shoes. I'm the opposite. I, I need bright, you know, the, like the last three pairs I think I got were like, actually a good story of that is I walked into a, a running store and my wife hates me for doing this, but I walked in, I was like, this is the shoe I want. And I want it in the loudest, brightest color you've got. And that's it. That's what I'm taking. And she's like, oh, you know, why do you need that? I was like, you know, I need it. I want to be that bright peacock. I want to stand out. I want these, you know, obnoxious looking shoes, obnoxious shorts. The one thing, you know, and Hami, maybe I'll, I'll force you to do this is I hate that like guys running clothes and guys fitness stuff is gray, black, and blue. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, women get all these cool prints, they get all these cool designs, they get all these flashy stuff. Guys are stuck with black, blue, and gray. And I, and I hate that. I want bright, everyone come look at me, that kind of, you know, extrovert style. 
So uh, we got to end this, but I'm going to say a story to that. It's, it, we talked about me. I need to learn golf and, and go on some business meetings. So two years ago, my wife on Father's Day got me a $200 um, Golf Galaxy gift card, right? Nice. I walk in there with a $200 gift card. I grab a Nike Vaporfly driver, lime green. I grab a Nike golf bag, like bright red. I grab like, I'm trying to look like Tiger Woods, right? I grab a Nike hat, Nike pants. And I walk up to the guy and I'm like, Get, look, I got this $200 gift card, but I need a bunch of stuff to start playing golf. He looks at everything I'm holding and literally without missing a beat, he goes, bro, you never played a day of golf in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how do you know? Oh, he's they like, know. You, they know. Like You literally just grabbed the flashiest, most expensive shit in our store. <laughs> and he's like, can I tell you something? He's like, he grabbed me this top flight. It was $150 starter kit came with a bag, right? It had everything, driver, wedge, it had everything. He's like, and you've got 50 bucks left on your gift card for shoes. And can I tell you that set? And I went to the driving range a few times. I still got to get better at it. Like to your point, like, listen, you'll never get rid of the flash or <laughs> wanting never, to look good. Never. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. This was great. This was awesome. awesome. All right, awesome. guys. Thank you all Thanks, so much. Guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.